Who's ready for some revenge? Time to look past 13-3 to last year and look ahead to a BC team that should beat UConn pretty easily. We'll talk about our predictions on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Now, when the schedule came out this year, I think a lot of fans circled this game coming up against UConn on October twenty eighth as a critical game for the season. After being embarrassed last year, thirteen to three. Five turnovers, countless sacks, no running game, and a fluke touchdown that just basically put the game out of reach. BC lost their first game ever against UConn last year, and everyone from players, staff, to fans are ready to put this behind them. And to bring us to that game and get us ready for Saturday, I brought on Eagle Insider writer Mitchell Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? It's going well. Just spending the day working on my 600-plus page manifesto of how to save BC football. <laughs> Is it going to involve uh, sending someone to watch and scout uh, s- signals? Uh, you know, I, I have some professional secrets I need to maintain. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So let's start this off. Yesterday I gave you everything BC has to do and it's basically just play BC football and they should win this game. Mitch, what could UConn do to stop BC? Yeah, you were pretty kind to UConn when describing them, you know, and I, and I respect that as, you know, trying to not jinx up by being too cocky, but I'll come out and say it. This is not a good football team. You know, the, the old Parcells saying you are what your record says you are. They're one and six. Their one record came against Rice, and I watched that game, and Rice was up 14 nothing, and then they committed two they committed two fumbles. One was returned for touchdown. One happened inside the 10, and UConn scored on both of them, and it was just a really weird game. And Rice is not a very – like, they're okay – you know, and UConn has had one score games against FIU, who's one of the worst teams in the group of five, against Utah State, who's a bad group of five team, and South Florida, who's okay. So this is not a good football team. They don't really do anything well. Uh, they run the ball okay sometimes. The quarterback, when he's throwing the ball, he, he does, he, I think I described in my write-up as he's driving in the left lane 15 miles under the speed limit with his left blinker on. So he's not going to do anything crazy, but he's not going to get you where you need to go. Um, but so for UConn to win, they need to kind of create chaos for BC. They need to find some of those funky turnovers. Um, and I think that's something they were doing well last year, but you know, when you, the the turnover luck and one score game variance flips pretty quick. So, you know, last year they were the beneficiaries. They, you know, get to a bowl game this year, it's going down the drain pretty quickly. Um, if that's injuries, you know, you mentioned Victor Rose might not play in this game. I actually think their backup running back Cameron Edwards is better. Um, he's a bit more creative as a runner. He's not kind of just a outside zone one cut runner. Um, so if he, and he got banged at the end of the game, at the end of the USF game too. So if he's, he might be hurt as well, but I think he's going to play. Um, but for any, for UConn to win, uh, you need to get some turnovers. You need to, I think how they play Thomas Castellanos is going to be very interesting because I think they, they're going to play him like a lot of, like a lot of teams, like a lot of, like the way BC played a lot of their opponents in terms of using a cage rush, you know, don't blitz too hard. Drop a lot of defenders into coverage, make him 
force him to make mistakes as a passer. Um, and when they have the ball, I mean, honestly, they, they need to kind of employ the strategy that BC does because they are just not going to throw the ball downfield. They're just not, they just don't have the talent to do that, both at the quarterback or wide receiver position. Um, so they kind of need to, uh, you know, keep the ball on the ground, maintain possession, and keep BC's offense off the field so they aren't scoring points. And when you look at the defense and how what they've been able to do, what have you seen so far this year out of UConn? Like against some of these other teams, like are, are they going to cause? Is this a defense that could stop Thomas Castellanos and, and Kai Robichaux or or Pat Garwell, whoever's the running back? I mean, honestly, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, the, I, the big the biggest thing when you watch UConn is that they are a very bad tackling team. And I've, I've went down a whole rabbit hole to bring this stat. So PFF tracks missed tackles, but they don't list it by team. So I had to go through and write all these down and okay. put in a spreadsheet and everything. So UConn is currently second in the country in missed tackles and 121 missed tackles. Now they are first in missed tackles per game because the team with more missed tackles, Western Kentucky has 125, but they have played an extra game and they've also played an extra 143 snaps. So UConn has missed 17.29. That that's their number of missed tackles per game. And that is that's the worst in the country. The average per for every team is 10.27. So they are seven extra tackles above the average. They also miss 20. Sorry, wait, where'd it go? Uh, oh, here we go. They miss a tackle every 4.11 snaps. Holy so, moly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if basically in any set of downs, they're going to miss a tackle. And if we think about it from BC's perspective, what does that mean? Thomas Castellanos forces a ton of missed tackles, especially against teams that aren't as athletic. Like he forced 11 missed tackles against Army alone. So he is a better athlete than anybody UConn has in their defense. So he can make people miss. Uh, UConn's defensive line was pretty good going into the year, but they're just not playing as well this year. And obviously BC's offensive line is significantly improved from where they were last year. So like you said, BC should be able to dominate the line of scrimmage on offense. Um, and then think about guys like Lewis Bond, even Kai Robichaux when he uh, gets into space. Those guys are going to break tackles and force a lot of missed tackles as well. So because UConn is so bad at tackling, it's hard to think about how they can really do, how can they can really win this game because their defense is pretty vanilla. They they blitz at a decently high rate, but I don't think they will against Castellanos. They play at more zone, use a lot of too high coverage shells. So they they want to keep the lid on and prevent offense from scoring explosive plays over the top very quickly. So if you're BC, you're basically your receivers are gonna be on the outside and they're gonna have tons of cushion. Your defenders are gonna be 10 yards off the ball. So in my mind, their best strategy is just throw, just keep peppering screens and quick throws to Lewis Bond, Dino Tomlin, uh, Nate Johnson, Jane Williams, and just let them go to work underneath. Because as we saw, or as we know by these stats, UConn is gonna miss a ton of tackles. So, you know, you basically just need to get it to your athletes in space and they should be able to take care of the rest. All right. Uh, now I want to hear what Mitch has to say about our prediction for this game. We're going to get into that in just a moment. Before we do that, Athletic Brewing Company is changing the game of non-alcoholic brews. And just like Athletic Brewing Company, the game changer for BC for this week was Amari Jackson with an incredible interception that really turned the tides of the game at the beginning. Amari Jackson pulled the ball off his hip, ran it in. With Athletic Brewing, you can get 
at great beers that won't give you a hangover because they don't have alcohol in them. And they are award-winning with f- over 50 different brews. They're always making new ones. I love trying them out. I tried the IPA. It was excellent. They also have sours. If that's your jam too, you need to check out Athletic Brewing Company. So go over to athleticbrewing.com. Use promo code Locked On College, and you're going to get 10% off your first online order. Again, Athletic Brewing Company. Go and use promo code Locked On for 15% off your first order. Near beer, Athletic Brewing Company. Next, let's tell you all about game time. Now, you shouldn't have to worry about buying tickets to your next event. I used game time going to my first BC game this year as a fan. I went to the UVA game and I loved it because I could see where my seats were. It was going to be a rainy day. I wanted seats that were covered. I got that. I got to see where I was going to sit on game time before I even purchased them. And with last minute killer deals, all on prices, views from your seats, the best price is guaranteed. will take the guesswork out of buying tickets. So go to game times. They have hot deals right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. And they have it for theater, sports, anything you can think of, comedy, concerts. They got it all. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-C-O-L-L-E-G for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price. Guaranteed. This is Locked On BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. And as we're recording, BC Hockey is playing Michigan State. We will have full coverage of that game up on Eagle Insider in the morning. BC Hockey blogger is at the game. He will give us all the details of that. Now it's time for predictions. And I'm going to let Mitch go first this time because Mitch is going to drop a bomb here. And I want to hear exactly why he's going to choose what he thinks he's going to, what's going to happen and why. All right, Mitch, go ahead. BC's going to win this game 56 to 10. <laughs> uh, everywhere BC fans, their heads are just exploding. I, I don't care. Uh, this UConn, again, this UConn team is not good. And I know that, you know, Jeff Halfley and the players have tried to say, you know, we don't need, we don't have any extra motivation. You know, it's, it's another football game. You know, we're, 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 we're self-motivated. We're going to go out and play this game like we would at any other. But the way that Thomas in the media availability this week, Don Razaraku and Nazi Trapila both mentioned having a sour taste in their mouth after playing this game last year. And I feel like that sentiment is echoed throughout this entire roster. Cause I think mo- pretty much everybody who's starting this game was here last year and, and they are going to remember that game. And like you've talked about, it's not like UConn completely demolished them. They were the better team. UConn scored that, that early touchdown, the tight end, Justin Jolie. And then it was just a, Slop, slop fest for the rest of the game with BC turning over the ball a ton that gave Louisville or uh, gave UConn some field goals. And, you know, I think that's why they were so upset because they, the offense just couldn't get anything going because the offensive line was so bad. Now this offensive line is one of the best in the country. They're running the ball pretty much however much they want. You know, Castellanos is a revelation. Um, and, you know, I, I know the defense has been inconsistent, but I mean, just looking at the talent that UConn has, and I, I've watched their games, I've looked at all the stats, like nothing about what I've seen from this team, both on paper or on the screen or on the field just tells me this team can match, can match what BC has. And um, I, I just, I think there's really, I, I, you know, it's, it's going to be hard if BC doesn't live up to this, but I, I see no reason why they shouldn't be blow out UConn and have some of their backups in the fourth quarter because they're blowing them out so bad. All right. So here I'm going to be anonymous Twitter or you YouTube's uh, commenter here. BC plays down to everyone. 
Why won't BC play down to UConn? I expect this game to be close. I think the spread is too high. What do you have to say to that one, Mitch? Because you know you got to get it tomorrow. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think I, I mean, <laughs> I, I think I just said exactly, I would just repeat yeah. everything I just said because I mean, again, like sure, BC plays down to their opponent, but I think, I think it's, I think again, I think that the unique motivator of last year's result and this being a quote unquote local rival um, is really going to motivate this team to get out to a hot start and just, you know, fully just lay the hammer down. And one, one thing I'm looking for and, is I think Tom, and I wrote this up for my preview that's going to come out tomorrow. I think Thomas Castellanos is a good chance to set the new record for Boston College rushing yards by a quarterback in a single game. As far as I know, the record is Tyler Murphy against USC in 2014 with 191 yards. Louisville is very, or sorry, I don't know why I keep saying Louisville. UConn is very bad at defending mobile quarterbacks. They allowed Brandon Armstrong to run for nearly 100 yards in week one. Uh, just last week when they played USF, Byron uh, yeah, Byron Brown, quarterback for USF, is the only quarterback in uh, FBS who has more missed tackles forced than Thomas Castellanos. And he had a big day rushing the ball. He had, I think, 76 yards or 70 some yards and a few touchdowns, or at least one touchdown. So, you know, and I've and they've I've seen uh, the Georgia State quarterback Darren Granger, who just in his game tonight against Georgia Southern, he set the career uh, record for Georgia State. Uh, yards like total yards he had 141 designed rushing yards against UConn so er, just everything about this game tells me that BC should absolutely throttle UConn uh there's a lot of uncomfortable BC fans right now listening to this I can just say I can tell you no one feels ever feels comfortable with this team ever blowing anyone out do you think UConn is worse are they the worst team BC's faced this year yes and I th- I think at this point right now they are. I think maybe Virginia was worse at the time, but I think Virginia's starting to figure a few things out. So Virginia might be better now. Um, but I, I I think Northern Illinois has. Kind of, I know that they lost an FCS team early on, but they've kind of figured some stuff out. Um, I think Holy Cross would beat Northern Illinois. I think they would. I think Holy Cross would also beat the crap out of UConn again. Mobile quarterbacks, Matthew Sluka tore BC up. Imagine what he would do to UConn, especially in a game that would also be kind of like a local rivalry too. A lot of those guys in Holy Cross's roster probably felt they got slighted by not being recruited by UConn. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is probably the worst team on BC's and uh, I'm trying to think, yeah, even the teams coming down the pipe, you know, I think Pitt is definitely better than um, UConn. So yeah, this is the worst team on, play, on BC's schedule. And again, I don't think BC, I'm not convinced yet BC is a great all around team. You know, I think we still need to see more of Thomas Castellanos as a passer. I think we need to see this defense. Can, they're, they're, they're trending positively, but there's still things they need to clean up. Um, you know, this running game is very, UConn's running game is very similar to Georgia Tech's um, in terms of it being a very zone heavy scheme. But the other thing is, like, Taquan Roberson is not much of a rushing threat. Um, he, you know, he'll pull it because the, because the defense isn't expecting it, but he's not an elite athlete that is a running threat unto himself. It's not, this isn't a Matthew Sluka or a Jordan Travis or, or I guess even a Haynes King situation. So, you know, and again, UConn's offensive line is very good. Um, they're not as good as they were last year. They're just not playing as well. Um, and part of that is because Taquan Robeson gets the ball out so quickly, throws a lot of screen passes, but they're also pretty vulnerable to the blitz and BC is blitzing a lot more as of late and it's gener- it's generating more pressure on the quarterback. So I think that BC is going to throw the house at Roberson. I think they're going to be able to get him to get him to the ground on sacks, have him make mistakes, and that'll just compound BC's ability to score points. So again, I, I see no real reason beyond knocking on wood 
like tons of weird turnovers, injuries beyond any crazy things like that. There's no reason why BC should blow out this UConn team. All right. So I have to give my prediction now after, after Mitch's uh, tsunami that he just laid down here. Uh, I'm going to go a, a little less than, than Mitch, but I still think BC's going to win handily here. Coward. I know I'm, I'm, I'm a win. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think the motivation of this team is very high. I think I don't think Thomas Castellanos needs any motivation in any game. He seems motivated by himself all the time to win. And but I think the staff and the players, you know, you got a lot of guys that were on that team last year, not the offensive line, unlike a question that was asked this week. Um, many of them did not experience that. Um, but I think these guys remember what happened and they were embarrassed by that. So I think they're going to go out there and they're going to want to pound the crap out of UConn. And I think they will pound the crap out of UConn. I'm thinking UConn will score a few points, uh, but I don't think it's going to be much. I think BC is going to win. And I think they're going to score a lot of points again. Cause I think this offense is humming and I think that is going to continue humming. And I don't, I don't see UConn having an answer. They can't do what they did last year. The issues, as I've said over and over again, the issues that BC had last year were very against UConn. And the reason they lost that game were very unique to 2022. They had no offensive line. Jakovic was a, you know, a, a shattered mess at that point. And then you threw Emmett Moorhead in at the end and he just, he was getting hit too. That's not going to happen this year. BC's offensive line is going to win games. And this is the perfect game. Like you think back to the Adazio games where you had an offensive line that was set to beat teams that are less than you right now. That's how they're playing. They're going to beat UConn and they're going to win 42, 17. That's my prediction. I was say I was thinking, you know, a more realistic would be forty. So I would be right around what you said. Um, I guess the one thing for BC is, if if I'm them, you know, don't try to press to you know try to make too many plays too early. Like, just be, let it come to you. Be, yeah, let it come to you. Be assignment sound. Just do your job. Eventually, the talent. Eventually, BC's talent, speed, strength, what have you, will eventually overwhelm UConn. Um, and UConn's going to make mistakes. Then and then you can capitalize on that. Just let them for lack of a better term, let them hang themselves. <laughs> and they're going to it, like, I just think I can think of so many players like Lewis bond with his, his physical running. He's going to, he's going to get, he's going to break something big. Like yeah, he's just absolutely. hard to tackle right now. And then, and, and same thing with Castellanos and Roba show. If you're playing a team that's worst in the country in terms of tackling, this team is it, BC is set to, to that's, to that's, do. that's what I mean. It's like everything just, it's just screaming like BC, has like it, everything screams bc wins this game big it's just everything is set up perfectly for bc to dominate this game from the time the ball is kicked off to the final whistle sounds in our net last segment mitch and i are going to talk to you about our picks of the week we're gonna look at fan selections and we're gonna talk about our three picks see if i can get back into that now, prize picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less their projected stats. Boom. It's so easy to use. And I love it because it's it's you can pick against different sports. So right now I can go into prize picks and I can look at the Thursday night game and I can pick the over under of some of the um, points for basketball. Basketball is back. So looking at scores like 20 points for LeBron James. Or maybe even going, you know, a little bit more obscure and going like, you know, 10 and a half for Grayson Allen. You pick both, boom, you're done. Is that points or trips? (laughs) That one's points. (laughs) Yep. 
And but that's what I love about prize picks. And the best part about it is they offer a reboot policy. So even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups, you have player exits the games, your player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only one daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So what you need to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to hundred dollars. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. That's prize picks folks. March madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black, and I'm joined by Eagle Insider writer Mitch Wolf. And we're giving our picks of the week. Mitch, where are we standing right now in our picks? Uh, I had a very good week last week, uh, 4-0, and I know I, I picked BC to lose, but I did pick them to cover, so that's technically a win. Um, and also, you, you got got a little bit better, 2-2, two two, so you currently, record your record stands at 8-18-2, and, and I'm at dead even 14-14. This is why you will not see me doing a gambling show on my own. Because I would, I would, I, I would to be I, fair, last your picks of Pitt plus one and a half, like count came down to a crazy end of the game there. And Clemson minus three. You know, yeah. That dive that was, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, hey, the Kenny Pickett slide rule comes back to bite Pitt finally. Um, yeah. And then Clemson in double overtime on the road. So, you know, I, I don't, your process was good. It just didn't work out this week. <laughs> So, all right, let's look at this. Let's give our picks of the week. I'm going to go first here today, and I just lost my picks. So I'm going to let uh, – no, no, I got it. Nope, I lost it. Okay. <laughs> go right, ahead. I'm going to let you go first. All right, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going to pick Penn State, and they are minus 31.5 against Indiana. And, you know, Penn State's coming off a tough loss at Ohio State. And, you know, I think most people – kind of predicted that would happen um it was kind of a more of a defensive battle you know penn state's defense is awesome you know their offense you know hit or miss but that defense is really playing well um and indiana is probably the worst team in the power five if not one of but i i could think you make an argument they are the worst um their defense is not playing well they've been rotating offensive coordinators basically it's been a, a carousel there um so I think the total is some is so Penn State, it's, Penn State's favored by the 31 and a half. I think the total is like in the low forties. So they're projecting a basically just a Penn State absolute blowout. And, you know, I think Penn State is going to want to kind of rebound after that tough, tough uh, loss to Ohio State. So I think that they're going to take those frustrations out on in Indiana. So Penn State minus 31 and a half. All right. I'm going to stay in the ACC. And I saw a bloated um, line that I and I usually try to stay away from these. But this one I'm going to go with. And I'm going to go with Wake Forest at plus 20 and a half against Florida State. Game is in Wake Forest. And just like Boston College, it's one of those stadiums where weird things can happen. Games can get close. And I would never take Wake Forest in the money line here. That would be insane. It's what's plus 740. That's nuts. But almost a three touchdown victory. 
I get the feeling that Wake could stick around in this game. You know, it's one of those like trap games. I feel like that'll catch Florida State off balance. I know they already had it against BC, but I feel like they're due for another one, especially after a big matchup last weekend against Duke. I'm going to go with Wake Forest at plus 20 and a half. And Florida State has not played particularly well on the road. Uh, so I, I think that is a good pick. Um, I, I'm not sure who's uh, starting for Wake Forest. I hope it is Santino Marucci because I really love mm-hmm. that name. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he, you know, he led that great comeback drive for them against Pitt last week. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I don't hate that pick. Uh, my next one is USC minus ten and a half. And obviously, everybody's down on USC. You know, blow that game to Utah, two losses in a row. Lincoln Riley's sick, and you know, not a practice, whatever. He's got pneumonia. Yeah, he's got pneumonia or whatever. Um, but, I mean, USC still has Caleb Williams. And as long as he is still the quarterback of that team and they still have guys like Zachariah Branch, Marshawn Lloyd, Taj Washington, they're just infinitely more talented than Cal. And I think kind of like Penn State, I think they're going to be looking to get off the schneid. Um, Cal puts up Cal, – Cal's got a, you know, a bit of a frisky offense, but I, I just think USC is going to really try to put the pedal down uh, you know, get scoring in like the fifties, maybe in the sixties uh, and, you know, kind of get, I don't think Caleb's going to win the Heisman or anything, but you know, get his hype train kind of back on track. So USC minus 10 and a half. I just renewed my Heisman voting. So I I've, I'm getting ready for that. Uh, humble brag right there. Um, <laughs> all right. Next, I'm going to go to one of the funnest game, uh, more fun games of the season uh, in terms of just atmosphere. I'm going to go to the world's greatest outdoor outdoor mm. cocktail party. And I'm going to take Florida at plus 14 and a half. I'm going to go with a lot of underdogs in this game. It's a rivalry game. Georgia just lost Brock Bowers, who was basically, you know, one of the big, um, you know, obviously, I mean, he was like a top five Heisman candidate and he's gone for, you know, indefinite amount of time. I don't know how much Georgia has without him. You know, they're, they're a good team, obviously, but Florida is going to be gunning for him. And I'm not saying, again, I would not take the money line in this game, but I get this feeling that Florida could keep this close. Yeah, that this was on my – I was looking at this one on my board as well. Um, you know, like you said, it, it is a neutral site, so that helps out a bit. Um, Graham Mertz is playing pretty well for Florida, at least, you know, not not doing anything too crazy. Again, kind of keeping the car between the lines. Um, Florida's defense is playing pretty well, um, and, you know, I think Florida will be able to run the ball a little bit. You know, Georgia's run defense – is not they're, they're much better on the back end there, but so their run defense is not as good as it has been over the last few years. So, you know, Florida can control the game with Trevor ETN. That, that could be an interesting game. So I like that pick as well. Um, my final one, and this is going to be a little more of a sicko pick, but you know, we, we don't have Iowa this week, so <laughs> no, no, no guarantee on the under there, but I'm going to, I'm going to go the exact opposite way. And I'm going to out to Fresno for UNLV Fresno state over 57 and a half. Both of these teams score a lot of points. They don't play defense particularly well. Um, and last week, you know, Leonel V, the offense dipped a little bit against Colorado State. They, and I think I, I didn't watch the game, but based on what I've read about it, it seemed like just a, mistakes in the offense. And it was just a game of field goals, ton, tons of field goals in that game. So it was a little overscoring, but I think they get back on track. Fresno State, um, I think they're, they're kind of had some quarterback issues, but you know, regardless, Jeff Tedford's going to have that quarterback ready to go, especially at home. And this game is essentially, I believe it's for the, mountain west west division um 
you know, because I, I Florida or Fresno State's one loss is to Wyoming, which is a conference loss, but UNLV's only loss is to Michigan. And arguably they're they've they've been the team that's arguably played Michigan the best all season. Um so this is gonna be a really fun game. I think it's gonna be scoring in the in the high sixties. So UNLV Fresno State over fifty seven and a half. All right. My last one, I'm gonna go to the Pac twelve. And again, I'm going with underdogs here. I'm gonna go I'm going to go prime time here. I knew, I'm take... I knew you were going to go Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> prime, I'm going to go with, with, with the Buffaloes at plus 16 and a half. I, again, every one of these games, I don't think that the underdog is going to win the game, but I, I, I get the sense. It's just, it's the Dion and, and, and Sanders. And now they got, you know, all their guys back at 16 and a half. I feel like they'll just keep it close enough. Hey, Jim, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you a bone here. I, I last I saw this, it was at it was at 17 and a half. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna give you an extra point here. Uh because I, I this is an interesting one for me as well. I, I think you UCLA is a weird team. They play really good defense, so that'll be interesting to watch against Shadur and Travis Hunter. And Travis Hunter ostensibly should be healthier coming out of the bye week. Um and obviously Colorado has played defense, but UCLA's offense is very funky because they I think they benched Dante Moore, who was like the number one recruit in his class. They've gone back to Ethan Garber, so you know, Chip Kelly can scheme it up, but you know, they're, they should be able to run the ball. But I think, again, I, I definitely agree with you that you could, Colorado makes this at least interesting. Um, so uh, we'll do it at plus 17 and a half there. All right. And that's going to wrap up our picks. Who do you, who do you agree with me or Mitch? And what are your thoughts on the BC picks? Hit that up in the comment section. Again, this is AJ black. We'll be back again on Saturday. I'll be back on Saturday to get and maybe Mitch as well to talk about the Yukon game. We'll give you a quick recap, but we'll be back for a full episode on Monday. So make sure to check us out there. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Mitch, where can people find you? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. And make sure you check out my work and my previews for this game on uh, Eagle Insider. Um, and I just we're going to wrap up with one quick question. Just wondering, is Boston College fit in the ACC geographically? I mean, it's on the Atlantic coast. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then we got to go Huskies. Thanks, Mr. Drummings. Watch the score on Saturday. This is AJ Black. We're going to wrap things up. We'll see you all again for another episode. Make sure to check us out everywhere you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College, your team every day.